0: Traditionally in the world of politics, fearful people, angry people, upset people will turn out and
1: vote. And that's really what it's all about. When you look at their their language and their rhetoric over the last 10 years, it has not changed. It's eighth grade bully school tactics.
2: Why have Plano's elections become so divisive? And why have so many outsiders gotten interested in Plano's elections? We'll find out who's pulling the strings and why in this episode of Plano Podcast. Welcome to Plano Podcast, tales of curiosity and character. I'm your host, Tammy Hooker. And I'm producer Mary Jacobs. We're glad you found our little on-air hangout with stories from inside of Plano. And just outside of what you might expect. You may think Plano City Council elections are purely local focused on the usual issues like potholes, property taxes, police, and crime. But it turns out there's an even bigger issue at stake, local control. Plano's elections are drawing attention and dollars from outside groups. Money from a group of developers supported one slate of candidates. Governor Greg Abbott has endorsed two other city council candidates. And working behind the scenes is a Midland-based PAC called Empower Texans. So what the heck is going on? Why are so many outsiders interested in the Plano City Council election? For some answers, we talked to three political consultants. Outside political forces in Plano, (laughs)
0: you
2: know, I love it.
0: I'm Vinny Minchillo, and I'm the principal of Glasshouse Strategy, and we're a consulting firm, uh, political consulting and advertising firm here in beautiful Plano, Texas. And I'm from Plano. I grew up here. You know, you've got developers that would, that would like a favorable, you know, a, a favorable uh, a person on the council. And you've got, you know, uh, anti-tax people who would like somebody on there. So you've got lots of lots of groups that are participating
2: and pouring money into these elections. So let's look at each. About $47,000 was pumped into the city council election by way of the We Love Plano PAC, largely funded by a group of developers with interests in Plano. The interests of developers are pretty clear. They want to protect their existing investments and advance future projects. They're worried about the anti-growth sentiment, and they believe it could thwart Plano's progress. And that's the source of a big dividing line among Plano voters. The two groups we have are the people that, that remember this Plano
0: of 1975 to 1980. We were a legit bedroom community. So you've got those people who really loved that and want to keep that. And then you've got kind of this other group that goes, hey, you know, life is changing and, and, and you know, we've, we've got to move
2: on a little bit. Another big player in Plano's elections, Empower Texans this ultra conservative group supported a slate of city council and school board candidates but empower texans is based in midland and largely funded by just a handful of oil billionaires so what are they doing in plano
1: brian mays and i'm the president of the Mays media group they've now moved into as they're trying to basically almost have a farm team of of rookies so they start in school boards and city councils and they fought a lot of school bonds and they it's almost their their sort of their their minor league system. So it's it's not just Plano that they've gone into. They they've tried to do this in other cities. They don't have a lot of success though. Any town or community that Empower Texas goes into, they very quickly divide the town. And it's usually based on nonsense. It's false flag issues, it's it's uh, it's hatred, it's anger. They come in, they cause a big mess, and then they just leave. Because they don't have to clean it up. They don't have to live there. They just, they want to, again, it's their minor league system. They're trying to groom people to run for future office. They've always been that way. They look for people they know they can control. So if you look at it, a lot of their candidates lately have, tend to be young, um, at least in some of the state house races.
2: Okay, so Plano is part of Empower Texans Farm League system, but... Why here? Why
0: target Plano? I know the folks at Empower Texans, and, and, and I think, like a lot of people in politics who, who form these, these third parties, I, I think their heart is in the right place. I, I really do. I think they, they have, they, they, they're well-meaning, and they, and they want to do their thing. But why are they playing in Plano? And, and you know, w- what's the attraction? Let's just look at it from a cold, hard data point of view. The last two elections that they've played in they, lo- they lost a lot. They spent a lot of money and did not get much for their for bang for their buck. So why are they here? They want. They need to win. And, and this is a place where where they can win and and show their donors that hey, look, we have made an effort to cut taxes, and we know that's a big issue for you.
1: You're home to the core of their of the, sort of the Empower Texas crowd. Basically, every state rep out of Collin County is a is an Empower Texas person. So that's why they picked it. Um, plus, they I don't think they like the mayor. The
2: Empower Texans candidates are running on an anti-tax slate. But here's the thing. When it comes to our skyrocketing property tax bill, Brian Mays puts much of the blame on the shoulders of Empower
1: Texans. And this is where Empower Texas struggles to answer this question, is voters look at their tax bill, it's school. That's the biggest bulk of your tax bill.
2: He's right. In Plano, Plano ISD is about two-thirds of your total tax bill, whereas Plano City taxes are about 18%.
1: People know that the fact that the state has not fixed school finance... They know that the reason the tax rate is so high in local schools is because the state has sort of handcuffed them on how they can, you know, how they fund the schools. They cut their funding, but then expect them to have the same uh, level of excellence in academics. And that's that's why we are. And I think voters get that. They're smart. Empower Texas is a reason that your property, school property taxes are going up. To you know, make up the difference in the sh- cut. You know the the cuts from the state when they cut funding for public schools in 2011. That was driven solely by the Empower Texas crowd. I think at the end of the day, that if the state would do their job and fund schools the correct way, local property taxes will come down. That that your biggest thing, your local tax bills, because of bad decisions out of Austin. And I'm a Republican. <laughs> I'm just telling you, they've made some bad decisions.
2: Empower Texans is clear on which candidates they're backing, but you won't see their influence in campaign finance reports.
1: They rarely do it through direct dollar because they don't want to show up on a finance report. Why not? Because the other side can say they're outsiders trying to influence our local election. Now, what they do is they spend money that doesn't show up on finance reports. They could... I'm not saying they do this. I'm, I'm making a, an accusation here. Things they could do is they could pay canvassers to come knock on doors. doesn't show up on a finance report. Um, they could... See, the way they're set up, they don't even have to show you who their contributors are, because they're a 501c4, I believe. So they can go spend money just educating the public on issues. So they could spend a bunch of money educating the public on what they think is fiscal mismanagement, whether that's true or not. It doesn't have to show up on a financial report. It's a 501c4. Why would they want to hide their
2: tracks? Um,
1: because they're, they're toxic among some people. Um, If there was ever a track, you can point back to some of the crazy thing the Empower Texas people have said. They can say, well, this is the same group as opposed to, um, you know, know, shots for kids before they go to school.
2: Empower Texans has feet on the ground in Plano. Outlets like its Metroplex Bureau and Texas Scorecard Radio News and Print and lots and lots of cash.
1: They're just journalists, as I do the quote mark. But yeah... um, that's just the way they operate
0: so they have not had luck in the state Senate races and the state rep races that, that they have supported. gee why not come to the city races come to Frisco and Plano where you've got a lot of, of conservative voters where they can throw twenty thirty forty thousand dollars in a race and make a big dif- make a big difference. Now, have they showed up on the financial reports? Eh, Not directly, but but I think there's there's plenty of influence going on.
2: You may have noticed that Plano's elections have grown more and more partisan. According to the city charter, (laughs) elections are supposed to be nonpartisan. That's not as kumbaya as it sounds. City council makes mostly practical decisions. And as the saying goes, there is not a Republican or Democratic way (laughs) to take out the trash. But wherever Empower Texans goes, partisan politics seem to follow.
1: If you don't agree with Empower Texas on 10 of 10 issues, you're a, you're a liberal cretin. You know, you can deal with them on, you can be with them on nine out of 10 issues. And I'm probably with them on seven out of 10. Uh, but I'm considered a rhino or a liberal Republican, and my liberal friends laugh at that notion that I would even be considered liberal. <laughs> so, yeah, that's that's look. It's when, when you can't win on policy debate, you resort to name calling. And when I when I look at the empower and I, and I've looked at some other stuff, I don't read it often because it's just the head you know, causes a headache. But when you look at their their language and their rhetoric over the last ten years, it has not changed. It's eighth grade bully school tactics.
2: Finally, there's one more outside influence weighing in with Plano's elections. Governor Greg Abbott. He endorsed two candidates in this race. Why? Well, all our guests can do is offer theories.
0: Why did the governor endorse in the Plano City Council race? Well, I have no idea. I, I would assume that Governor Abbott, who, who I like, um, has a lot better things to do than to endorse in a city council race. I don't think he's ever endorsed in a city council race. And, and not to be a crass political consultant guy, but somebody called him and asked him to do it you know there's there's no there's no other other reason it's not he's not watching the Plano City Council <laughs> I, mean, I hope he's not please be doing other things um so somebody called him and asked him I mean there's no there's no question and the only the only kind of person who could make that ask would be somebody who's a heavyweight donor there's there's no there's no other way to do that
2: are you enjoying this episode of Plano Podcast? If so, you can join our growing list of patrons. Visit PlanoPodcast.com and click on the support tab for more information. Now, back to the show. So, with all this noise from outside influences, what's a Plano voter to do? How do we figure out what's best for our city?
3: I'm Brooks Allen. I'm a digital marketing and advertising consultant. Get involved with a candidate in their campaign on the ground. Get involved in your local community. Look at what the policies of a given candidate will change in your community, whether that is during their term or foundationally moving forward.
2: Our guests recommend to try to separate fact from fiction, to understand how social media ads are targeted and delivered, and to understand the power of fear.
3: When you're using best practices to create an advertisement on Facebook, you don't even start with the advertisement. You start with the audience. So before an ad or a link share is even is even contemplated for content, you, the end user, the person that's going to receive that ad, has already been isolated into a group based on your... Income, interests, gender, occupation, location, uh, web history, um, and, and sometimes deeper than that, because you can upload audiences to Facebook of even even more minute data. I mean, that's, that's how, how it's done. You take your list that compiles... Um, voter information, compiles consumer information, and then you segment that out, upload it to Facebook, and you target ads based on what magazine you received last week. And that targeting of ads can either be to the disservice of voters or in the service of voters. There's not, It's not that targeted ads are this villainous, nefarious, awful thing. If, if someone knows me because of my data, and knows that I am the right person to see their candidates true authentic message then thank god they got that ad to me that I didn't have to wade through a million other pieces of garbage online to get that information but it's just as as easy for a candidate to flip that or a candidate's team to flip that and say oh we know what Brooks wants to hear so regardless of whether it's our actual position here's the message
0: it's much easier to sell fear and and you see that a lot in the in the, in the Plano elections last election and also this election and and it's things like oh my gosh we're gonna have a lot of apartments and and that's gonna that's gonna bring more crime and and more more traffic traditionally in the world of politics uh, fearful people angry people upset people will turn out and vote and and that's really what it's all about you know we've got Tons and tons of registered voters in Plano, very few turnout. So, so, really, the job in politics is gee, can I get these guys all fired up to come out and vote for, for my, my point of view? And, and, and uh, people who are upset tend to vote more. Uh, hope is harder to sell in politics because happy people don't vote. So, instead of coming out to vote on a Saturday,
2: we'll go to the park. Take a little time to investigate each candidate, check newspaper endorsements, attend some forums. Read the League of Women Voters Voting Guide.
3: As with anything, you have to do your own research off of social media. Also, if you're planning on going to the polls, you are going to the polls to make something happen in your local community, in the state, at the national level. So you need to be engaged in your community not just behind a screen on your computer you will make better more accurate decisions as far as sifting through what you're seeing online if you're actually out on the ground in your community in your state in your nation
2: for an incumbent look at the track record
3: i love voting history it's tough if someone's never if someone's never been in office before but If someone's been on city council before or someone's been on school board, you can access those votes. So see how they actually voted because talks talk, right? So I've had experiences where I was against a candidate and knew beyond any doubt that I was not going to vote for that person. And then I. It was like, oh, well, I mean, I do have to do my due diligence. I will go look at their voting record. And I realized that, yeah, they're not exactly who they're saying they are. Um, and so you can cut through the spin by looking at voting records.
2: For a political newcomer, look at his or her community involvement.
3: I'm looking for what organizations they have been involved in. I'm looking for where their money's gone. And I'm looking for, uh, albeit this, this is a more anecdotal, um, I look at what their community members and business colleagues are saying about them. And that's subject to some twist and some spin and everything. So that's why that's sort of a, that's definitely the tertiary uh, of the three elements. But I, I, I think looking at money and time... Is, uh, says a lot about a lot
0: about us you, you know every four years of the presidential election you know that's a big interest deal people will come out for that uh, a, a statewide election governor or senate people will come out for that but in municipal elections uh, just the interest is so low and if there's not a reason for you to go vote um, then then people won't do
2: it finally be sure to vote even if you're happy with the way plano is going or maybe especially if you're happy. That city council
0: member has more impact on your daily life than whoever is at 1600 Pennsylvania.
2: Thanks, Brooks, Vinny, and Brian, for weighing in on Plano's evolving political landscape and thank you for listening to this episode of plano podcast we've reached the end of another edition of plano podcast tales of curiosity and character we hope you've enjoyed today's topics and discussion remember to support us on patreon and to follow us on twitter and facebook send your feedback ideas and comments our way thanks for listening and subscribing we'll be waiting for you at our back corner booth Until next time.